I was so stressed out because I hadn't left my kids. And my mother-in-law is like, you need to breathe. And she taught me how to meditate. And in those three minutes, I went from being so stressed, almost having a panic attack, anxiety, to 100% calm and feeling at ease. And I was like, what is that? And she said it was meditation. And that's where my meditation journey really began. I was like, it's so easy. I always thought meditation was going to be hard or I had to join the cult or I would have to spend hours and hours. But I came back to LA. I realized actually it wasn't easy. It was hard. It was hard for someone like me who worked in television and was so used to like getting to the point in five minutes. In meditation, they don't always do that. They go very slow. The classes were not in and out 30 minutes, 45 minute classes like we do now. At the time in 2012, they were long. They were six week programs, four week programs, four day intensives. There was no 10 day silent Vipassana. Like there was no, I call it the dry bar of meditation where you kind of like go and get your hair blown out, feel better when you come out. There was nothing like that. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I should like quit fashion and open up a meditation studio. And my husband's like, you really need to learn how to meditate first. I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to meditate. I'm open up a studio. The vision was there. Et voila. Unplugged meditation. Welcome to Levitate with me, Ryan Nell. Today, I'm talking to Susie Yellow-Schwartz, the founder of Unplug, the world's first drop-in meditation studio, where I trained as a teacher. Susie is a former fashion editor who worked her way up to the top of Glamour magazine in the States, where she was presiding over the fashion and style do's and don'ts. She's now the owner of two meditation studios, one in Santa Monica, one in West Hollywood, which have been a a huge success and have a really big international renown. She also founded a successful meditation app with users in some 90 countries. She wrote a best-selling book called Unplug, A Simple Guide to Meditation for Busy Skeptics and Modern Soul Seekers, which counts amongst its fans glowing reviews from people like Ariana Huffington of the Huffington Post. Susie's a teacher in her own right and a huge inspiration to me personally. We talk about the challenge of setting up a studio and business, the wrench of a big move with her husband and kids from New York to LA, and the opportunity it provided to rethink how it was that she was living, the challenge for her as a busy skeptic to become a meditator, what it is that makes a great teacher, the magnetism of people who are working on and in self-development, and the challenges with addiction and life that they've sometimes overcome. The powerful simplicity of the Unplug model, exciting future plans for the brand, and lots more. I think you're going to really love Susie's passion, acumen, and brilliant insights when it comes to her work and life philosophy as it comes across in this interview. I feel so honored that she was able to give us her time As a huge fan of Susie's, you'll certainly hear my excitement as we chatted. Now for a little housekeeping. As you'll also hear, this conversation happened across the internet, so the audio can't quite match having Susie here in person. Thanks so much for bearing with that. We'll continue to look for higher audio quality solutions as the show develops.
starting this podcast, I knew you had to be absolutely one of the very first people we spoke to. And I just want to welcome you firstly. Thank you so much for joining. So early in the morning, your time. Today, I think we want to chat about your journey, where you got started, how you made the switch from East to West Coast, and also just to chat a bit about community and connection and how you find calm amidst what can't be the easiest job in the world. So uh, we'll get into all of that, but welcome, Susie. Perhaps we could just start by chatting a bit about where you got started, where you grew up, what you were doing before founding Unplugged. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I'm so excited to be on your show. And of course, my inclination is to want to talk about you because I'm dying to hear about your journey. So can we we put that in here at some point? Absolutely. All right. It's interesting because lately I've been speaking a lot about my journey. And the more I speak about it, the more I actually remember different things about who I was and what I am now. And there's so many different aspects and so many different concepts um, about the whole before and after thing. Before and after has been a huge theme of my life. um, I started as a fashion editor and then I worked my way up and I ultimately made it at Glamour Magazine. I know you guys have Glamour UK too. And I did the do's and don'ts section. So I did the makeover section of Glamour. And my job was really to travel all over the country, grab people off the street, off the beach, um, you know, off the red carpet, and literally make them over from, you know, people on airplanes to rabbis (laughs) to, you know, people in swimsuits and to people, I mean, it, it was crazy. The people from the Westminster Dog Show. I made over the owners because the dogs look pretty good. Um, so for me, the before and after has always been like something that I felt passionate about. And I still feel passionate about. Yes, I was dealing mostly on the outside when I was working in fashion. I loved what I did. I had a very glamorous job. It was amazing. Um, but I didn't realize that I was so stressed. I was moving so fast. I was never landing in the moments that I was in. I was always like, accomplish that next, accomplish that next. And I I can't say that I'm not still kind of like that. People say, oh, meditation gets rid of the edge. Yes, that is true. Um, It has not really slowed me down so much as much as I I am strategically slowing myself down Mm. with meditation. So that's been the difference, I would say. Um, So the leap really came when my husband wanted to move to California from New York. We had three kids and half three kids. And we were raising them in New York City. And he got a great job offer in Los Angeles. And kind of said to me, don't you want to change your life? And the truth is, is I really did not. I was coasting. I was doing great. Uh, I was happy. My family was there. My friends were there. But the truth is, is we can all live like this, right? Straight and flat. But to have spikes and excitement and change, sometimes people are afraid of change, but to me, that's exciting. So yes, I quit my job. I moved to Los Angeles and I dumped everything I loved. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Why did I do that? That was a 
that was a bad rookie move. Um, and then he was kind of working on his career and I didn't work for three months as I settled my three children into schools, tried to figure out how to drive, <laughs> like learned all these things, met new people. And I was really uncomfortable with not working. I've never not worked in my entire life. It felt very strange to me. And staying home with your children is the hardest thing ever. It's 10 times harder than any job I've ever had in my life. So to all of a sudden be a stay-at-home mom, having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the girls who I was meeting, I was getting fat. I was really stressed out. Um, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so I decided to go back to work and so that I could get more peace of mind. So while that we're at school, I would, I would work during the days. And this one job I got had me traveling back and forth between New York and LA. And when I went to um, New York, I was so stressed out because I hadn't left my kids. We didn't really have good help. And my mother-in-law was like, you need to breathe. And she taught me how to meditate. And in those three minutes where she taught me, it took her three minutes. I went from being so stressed, almost having a panic attack, anxiety, to a hundred percent calm and feeling at ease. Mm. And I was like, well, what is that? And she said it was meditation. And that's where my meditation journey really began. I was like, it's so easy. I always thought meditation was going to be hard or I had to join the cult or I would have to um, spend hours and hours. And so when I came back to LA, I realized actually it wasn't easy. It was hard. It was hard for someone like me who worked in television and was so used to like getting to the point in five minutes in meditation. They don't always do that. They go very slow right yeah the old meditation the classes were not in and out 30 minutes 45 minute classes like we do now at the time in 2012 they were long they were six-week programs four-week programs four-day intensives there was no 10-day silent vipassanas like there was no I call it the dry bar of meditation where you kind of like go and get your hair blown out, feel better when you come out. There was nothing like that. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I should like quit fashion and open up a meditation studio. And my husband's like, you really need to learn how to meditate first. I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to meditate. I'm open up a studio. The vision was there. Et voila. Unplugged meditation. <laughs> was it like magic? Clicking your fingers? Or was there a bit of a gap between having this incredible idea and and it actually working uh, it was not magic it was not effortless ease like it was supposed to be from the deep <laughs> i was doing the deep show for 21 day meditation series which by the way i absolutely love and i would advise anyone who has never meditated to try it i think he's a genius mm -hmm. i was doing that but he talks a lot about you know, when things are in flow and the effortless ease, and this was not in flow and this was not effortless ease. This was hard work. This was moments of, is this really going to work? This was moments of, yeah. I had to have belief in myself. But the truth is, even though on paper, it made zero sense to start this business. And in reality, there was, it really didn't make a lot of sense. My heart and my soul was like, this is going to work, almost screaming inside of me. So 
it was not an option for me to not do this ever. Yeah. You know? I know, like that that kind of passion that you're just demonstrating now, that really came across from the first time I came across you. And uh, I don't think I even mentioned that you wrote a uh, a book. Um, so we should get to that when when that came in the process of it, you know, if that was kind of part of what put you on people's radars or whether that was a passion project you kind of did alongside. The book is called Unplugged. It's by Susie, obviously. And it's just the most straightforward, and I don't mean dumbed down, just straightforward, plain speaking uh, guide to meditation you're ever going to get, which is such a joy because uh, there are a lot of meditation books out there. I kind of feel like I've read most of them now where you can get very, very lost in the ephemera and the Buddhist notions. And, and somewhere along the way, you realize you're not really taking any of it in. So you did an incredible job with the book. But when, when did that come in, in the story? Wow. Okay. So I've opened up Unplug in Los Angeles and Santa Monica first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a slow start, Ryan. Like I, when I opened it, I was alone in the meditation. Everybody told me they were going to come. Like I'm sure you heard too. And you probably opened up yours. Yeah. None of them showed up. So I was alone in the room. And my ideal customer who I thought was going to be coming to the studio is still not the people that come to the studio. Now I have a new ideal. But that was a slow kind of process. It was basically six months of figuring out what this was. It started up as just mindfulness and then it kind of sprinkled in some sound baths, sprinkled in some guided imagery, then met breath work, then met tapping, then met crystals, then met aromatherapy. And now it's kind of like this, uh, it's like Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, I walk in and every class is amazing. Every teacher is a legend and I'm just blown away by this. And it's not me. It's these teachers. Like, we found these amazing talents. The ta- most talented people in the world are either coming to Unplug or coming from Unplug. Yeah. And it's really, it's like such an honor to be able to get to meditate with them. So for me, I always feel like, wow, I'm so lucky that I get to meditate with them. So the studio really happened first. And then I think it was, yeah, then it was the app. So first we started the studio and then there was a guy who came into my studio and was like, God, I hate leaving Unplug. I hate traveling because then I miss my teachers. He's like, can we just record them? I work at ESPN, which is a sports channel here in the U.S. And I would love to record some of the teachers so I could take them with me. You should do an app. You know, we should do live and we should do this. And he had all these big ideas. I'm like, you know what? Let's just start with a couple of videos. So we called some of our top most talented teachers, asked them if they would film. They were like, sure, let's try it. Mm -hmm. And we started working with a templated company and asked them to help us build this app. And we built it. And it was really a template of this company called VHX at the time that has since been bought by Vimeo. And we kind of helped them develop it, the platform. But it had no features. So... It was great, and people were starting to use it, but it was like couldn't do, couldn't track, couldn't. There were no features to it, so we ended up taking the app and growing that. At the same time, as we then started writing the book, the book really just kind of landed in my lap, 
someone said, you really need to write a book because like you teach at Unplug, a simple guide. And I'm like, great. We should do like a simple guide to meditation for busy skeptics and modern soul seekers because those were the kind of people that were coming to the studio. Yeah. So Unplug is a book that anyone can pick up and open and literally, it should be four pages long, as uh-huh. I tell I had a meditation for <laughs> We narrowed it down so tight that like, we're like, here's the science, here's the here's how, and here's what you need to do. It's, that's what that book is. And people love it because you, you finish that book in maybe three and a half hours, and you know everything you need to know about every kind of meditation, all the science, and yes, you said not to say dumb down, but we did dumb it down because I wanted, you know, like doctors speak in a language no one understands. Yeah, so I wanted to not be like that. So I'm like, how do we make it so simple that someone who doesn't understand anything can get it? And that's what that book is. It's so simple. It's so minimal. But you read it and you're like, oh, yeah. Well, how did, how did I not know I was going to think in meditation? I thought I couldn't meditate because I think too much. Oh my God, you can think in meditation? You can't turn off the thoughts. <laughs> Who said you can turn off the thoughts? That should be the first thing everybody says. You can never turn off the thoughts. You're going to think. Thinking is part of meditation. Don't assume I'm meditating and I, I can't stop my thoughts, so I'm out. I suck. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, it, I, I still get the feedback. If I've forgotten to mention that when I'm teaching a class, guaranteed uh, afterwards I go, "Hey, how was that for everyone?" And someone goes, "Yeah, I just couldn't stop thinking." <laughs> okay. Well, okay, why good. do that I ask that? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but uh, but I I know I think you're being very modest because um, whether we're calling it dumbing down or not, I think I <laughs> I think it's more kind of boiling down to the essentials, which isn't the easiest thing i think it's got obviously thousands of years of heritage and it's very easy to get tied up in knots trying to explain meditation to someone um so actually kind of trying to get it back to first principles like nothing is meant to happen but then whatever does and the rest of it when you're trying to teach that stuff people go okay 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 but like it takes a few goes to get in because i think almost coming to it as a student myself i wanted it to be more complicated than it is you know you want to kind of feel like you do have to climb a mountain but it's not the mountain of esoteric knowledge it's the mountain of continually trying to do something that isn't that easy to do you know but it's not easy because it's so simple and we complicate everyday life so much rather than the other way around yeah i always say the best teachers are the ones that can keep it really simple because when you keep it really simple, it becomes much more powerful for the students. I always say, people are like, oh, you're the teacher. I'm like, no, I'm not the teacher. I'm the student. I like to go. I like to be guided by others. That to me, I much rather meditate with someone guiding me than me guiding others. So for me, the teachers that can go into a room mm-hmm. and 55 people, 50% have never meditated before, 50% are miserable, 50% are happy, and can have everybody walk out of there feeling 10 times better and getting it, Yeah. and feeling like they had a very personal experience, that can only be done with simplicity and minimalism in a way that's very 
unique. I know that sounds complicated. I'll give you an easy little example. And that is that when you go into a room, sometimes there are meditation teachers that will say, notice how you're feeling. If you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling tired, if your body hurts. And then there are the other teachers that say, notice how you're feeling. So the one who just says, notice how you're feeling, everyone in the room will be able to have a, an experience that's personal to them. But the one that says, notice if you're feeling X, Y, and Z, he's going to alienate a certain percentage of the room. So that's the difference of the simplicity. That's brilliant. And that's something uh, I learned while I was on the teacher training. I suppose the way I talk is um, I tend to just overcomplicate everything, right? You know, why use one word when... 50 would do. <laughs> so that's the constant challenge for me. And it's something that I'm constantly reminding myself of. You don't need to use all the words <laughs> to get something across. And, uh, and, and I feel like you carry that philosophy across into the app as well in the, the namings of some of the meditations. They're like morning espresso meditation and preparing for a speech. And it's very real world. Mm -hmm. You know what you're going to get. And then the teachers deliver because they're great at what they do. You've got to feel pretty proud by now. Um, I have to tell you, it's not pride that I feel. It's wow that I feel. I'm wowed. I'm wowed by the fact that on the Unplugged Meditation app, I can click any button and shift not only my own mood, but moods around the world. That wows me you know and I, I'm going to tell you something that we haven't told anyone and that's about to ha happen and we're working on it. it's not even developed yet but this is you're going to get the first exclusive on amazing are you ready yeah world exclusive people what's this so Susie Susie's pointing at her apple watch we are going to develop like so on the unplugged meditation app you know how we have the meditation of the day on the top and most people are just opening up the app, clicking the meditation of the day, playing that, and that's it. That's what they do. They wake up in the morning, they meditate, and they start their day, and they never look back. So on the Apple Watch, we're going to just do the new meditation of the day, fresh content every day. So you can just like click a button, and it's going to be on your wrist. Fantastic. And then it'll also kind of talk about, hopefully, if we can figure out the technology the before and after of your heart rate because meditation really does slow down the heart rate. So to be able to kind of see your heart makeover on your wrist, how cool will that be? Cool. We're going to Apple. We're going to Cupertino. So we're going to Cupertino two weeks. The donut. Yes. I'll send you pictures. Do you? So I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. Pride is not what I feel. Enthusiasm, excitement, and appreciation for all the teachers that mm. are so generous with their time and have given it to unplug both physically in the studio and digitally on the app is how I feel every day. Because to me, unplug is nothing without these amazing teachers. That's what makes it so good. Like, I'm so lucky that I could be a curator of this talent. And like, Ryan, I talk about you all the time. The fact that 
A, you were so brilliant at the teacher training, but B, then you took it and now you're teaching hundreds of classes in London with your brand Levitate. That's, I mean, I tell everyone who comes here, oh, go to Levitate. Have my fr- have our people come to you over there? I think a few, uh, a few of them might have. And um perhaps been a little bit secretive about the fact that Susie sent them, but uh, <laughs> we'll be on the lookout for them. And if you're, if you're listening to this and you're an unplugged customer and you're ever in London, or in fact, of course, unplugged customers are all over the world now with the app, um, uh, and students, please come by and say hello. Where, is your, where are your studios again? In London. We guest in other studios. Yes. It's a nice light model of working out where people want to meditate in London, but also going to where the yoga crowd is. There's quite a nice crossover and overlap. And so far, what I found is that the yoga studios that we've spoken to or that I've taught at been really, really keen because they're keen to get into meditation and that students ask for it. But then where do you go to get a meditation teacher and how do you know if they're any good? So partnering with Levitate is a nice way of just going, Levitate would just take care of that for us and send us good teachers. So, so yeah, so, so a few different ones and uh, I'm going to be announcing bits and bobs. It's an exciting time. I'm looking across to California (laughs) and seeing if you guys are so much uh, further ahead of us, unpluggers and, you know, the world's famous brand, but also just people being open to uh, meditating and going to a drop-in class. Mm -hmm. This spiritual revolution, I think, got kicked off a little bit a couple of decades earlier in the West Coast than in cold, rainy London, where, of course, we think we need it more than than sunny Californians, perhaps. It's still sunny on the inside. Exactly. So I'm I'm dead sure it's slowly taking off here. I'm kind of looking at doing some stuff online and then with this podcast as well. So it's just about throwing some spaghetti at the wall and seeing what's going on. That's so funny. Uh, That's my business model. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a spaghetti thrower, too. You are. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Now... I want to pick up on something you said earlier, because you talked about your, your mother-in-law sitting you down uh, in a stressful moment and doing this three-minute meditation with you. Your mother-in-law, is she a meditator? Not or? even. She's a psychotherapist. Okay. So she does this with her clients. That's so great. Mm-hmm. I think that's so great. Because being kind of one of those alpha people, you said it already, whether you describe yourself as alpha or not, probably need it more than most. And I certainly see, I'm sure you do in California. And so many of the people come in, have really stressful careers, and and then they've got to juggle home life and everything else around them. So you notice that the mood change between coming into the studio a bit stressed and jittery and then floating out at the other end. And it seems a little bit like, I think you said it in your book, but you made the studio that you would have liked to be able to go mm-hmm. to, you know, the studio that you would have looked for. Has that informed what you do as you do it, as you build it? Sort of what would what would I want? What would Susie look for? A hundred percent. I mean, I always say, you know, that. do you know this company called the Hair Club for Men? It's the guy who basically used to build these toupees and he had a commercial and he's like, I'm not just the founder. I'm a customer too. <laughs> That's it. And then you take off his toupee. That's exactly what I'm like. I think about 
the customer journey, the customer comes to me first. You know, I always am coming from a customer perspective because I am the customer. So I'm like, okay, where does um, meditation work for me in my life? Mm -hmm. I love going to the studios to, because to be honest with you, checking my phone at the door and yeah. physically separating myself from my phone for 45 minutes in a safe environment that smells good, feels good with a great teacher who just can guide me where I don't even have to work that hard to meditate is heaven. And I walk out 45 minutes later feeling lighter, fresher, happier, easier. But the truth is, is as this business picked up, it became harder and harder for even me to make it into the studio during the day with three kids at home at night. And, you know, I'm now two studios and the app and the book and the whole thing. And we're doing corporates all over the world. We're sending Camilla to Portugal next week. Oh, amazing. I know, it's crazy. So, but then I realized like, I need to meditate. My practice is non-negotiable. Without meditation, I am not the person that I want to be, period. I just don't feel as good. I don't feel centered. The day rules me. I don't rule the day. I can't control my mind. My mind controls me. So like meditation helps me be clear, be focused, feel good. And actually, it makes my ripple kinder to the people around me. The impact I have. Yeah. on everyone around me changes not only the impact I have on myself when I meditate it's self-care but it's also caring for the people who come in contact with me um so for me I now can do it on an app and make sure that it's done and now with my streaks, I'm like, look, I've gone 45 days in a row. I miss a day. It's going to ding me. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but so like that gamification of meditation, which people think is so disgusting, has actually helped mm. me personally with my consistent practice. And it's helped others with their consistent practice. And so I always say like, Oh my gosh, I get so much heat sometimes from people who are like, you're taking the spirituality out of it. And here's the deal. And I've spoken with the biggest meditators of all time. Steve Ross, David G, Deepak Chopra, like it doesn't matter. I've, I've spoken with the biggest Sharon Salzberg. Mm -hmm. There's only one way to deepen your meditation practice. You just do it longer and more consistently. Mm. Instead of doing 10 minutes a day, maybe you do an hour a day in silence. Maybe there are people I know who do three hours a day. That's never gonna be me. I'm never, I can barely do one hour by myself in silence. That's the truth. So people bring to it whatever they want. If you're religious, you might bring religion into it. If you're not, you don't have to. Like the truth is, David G always says, this, and I love it so much. People say, you know, what up? I see colors. I hear voices from the spiritual world. I see God. I'm traveling around the universe. He's like, thought, thought, thought. Anything that's not you connecting with the present moment or mm -hmm. redirecting your attention to the present moment and silently witnessing this moment 
is a thought. So I like how he says that because it just makes it, it makes it easier. I love that. And he's, he's such a kind of natural, well, he's such a natural teacher, but he's also, um, he's very, very funny the way he teaches. He's definitely into some of that kookier stuff, mm-hmm. if I can call it kind of kookier right. stuff. You know, he does his annual pilgrimage to India and, and the rest of it. But yeah, he breaks it down so beautifully. Just a thought, just yeah. a thought, just a thought. And it's not taking anything away from the people who are meeting angels and tripping or traveling the universe. And that's okay. <laughs> Everybody's coming at a different place. And like, actually, the more you meditate, the more spirituality will come into it, whether you like it or not. Um, so like for yeah. me, yeah, I've had moments where I'm just kind of doing it to calm myself down. And then other moments where I feel like I'm, you know, floating inside the meditation room, room, sprinkling fairy dust all over everybody. I've had that moments. I'm like, what? <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> yeah. And it's the best free drug, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But to have experiences like that, just sitting there breathing is is quite incredible. Uh, I love something you said earlier on. You said, um, the day doesn't roll me, I roll the day, something like, something like that. Uh, and I, I thought that was so, so beautiful. It strikes me that I know when, when I'm letting my meditation practice slide, then I'm getting into the realms of, you don't want to be the meditation teacher who doesn't meditate, as I'm always always telling my students. But also, I notice when I start to kind of cut the corners, and it's not the 20 minutes twice a day, it's like the five minutes that I jammed in as I was rushing to some meeting, I'm less good that that day and so it's quite a compelling argument isn't it for just continuing coming back and coming back which is the thing people struggle with you can tell the people that are really walking the walk oh yeah and the ones that are not when i'm in the presence of a teacher like lauren ekstrom for instance i just feel calmer or even david g i'm like calmer in their presence because they're just like whoosh you know they this is a non this is she's meditating all day long she's either teaching yoga or teaching meditation or meditating or you know her practice is her life and you feel that you know so and that and people want to be around people like that yeah very very true They've got that slightly luminous quality to them. Yeah. God, that's a reason to do it. If for no other reason, then you might have a bit of a glow around you. It's a beauty treatment, I think, better than most. After the teacher training program, everybody always says the same thing to me. They're like, you're glowing. Have you had work done? (laughs) I'm like, wow, I swear. I literally have just been meditating nonstop for five days. And it feels like I, people are like, why are you in the class all the time? Do you have stuff to do? I'm like, well, I would not miss that. Yeah. I love meeting, you know, you and these amazing human beings that I've connected with because of the Unplugged Meditation Teacher Training Program. Like there's a connection we have. Mm. that's that's whether you like it or not ryan forever yeah like you're you're in posse yeah you know like you're fam so like and it's amazing (laughs) thank you i love i love that and i feel like we're family too you mentioned you'd like almost 
being a student in your own studio, you know, when you can fit it into your schedule, do you feel part of the community or do you feel like you're shepherding? What does the community kind of mean to you? Because it, now it's obviously, it's it's pretty far flung. You've got the, you've got the teachers, you've got the trained teachers, you've got the customers. I'm a people person and I've always loved people. And for me, that was the hardest part about moving from New York City, where I was surrounded by a ton of people all the time to LA, which is much more spread out, not does not feel like a city, the area where I live in, it feels more suburban, to be honest with you. So to be able to create a space where I get to meet 100 new people every hour, who are random, who are interesting. I love that. I feel like I'm hosting an event, a party, and I get to meet unique, interesting people. And I feel like a part of the community. I think they don't look at me as part of the community. People look at me like, you're the owner of of Unplug and you changed my life. And they'll cry when they see me and, and that's beautiful. But I always look at them like, you changed my life. Like I could have been still having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the same type of people my whole life. And to be honest, one of the best things that I've gotten out of this whole experience is outside of my own social bubble, because coming from fashion and the family that I'm from and my whole life, I've been in a bubble and not exposed to drug addicts who are suffering, you know, bipolar disorder, um, you know, depression, mental health issues. You know, people are covered in tattoos from their toes to their neck. You know, I have not been exposed to people like that. Um, Yeah. And that's just from all walks of life. That's the biggest gift of this business Mm -hmm. is to be able to not only be exposed to say, but to actually be connected, to connect with these people on a deeper level. And actually they're my friends now. They're my family there. I love them. I'm much more understanding than I ever had before. Like I get it. Life is very hard and there's a lot of challenges and people are dealing with it. And then you kind of tap into your own that you might have suppressed. So for me, like that's been, I would say the greatest gift, the teachers who have, you know, a lot of our teachers have suffered from addiction and those are really the best teachers usually because they've overcome it with meditation. So they're so passionate about it. Those are my favorite teachers. You know, like I'm learning from all these different human beings and we're all the same. You know, we're all alive. Okay. We're all breathing. We all have the exact same organs. We all have the, everything's kind of the same. We just have different stories and we're affected by these stories in a different way. And that's what this has helped me understand is everybody's going to have challenges. There's no one who doesn't have challenges. I've never met a human being that's not challenged. But before, and then a lot of people suppressing those challenges. Right, right. I think often the people who are suffering the most are the ones who are burying all of that and putting a lot of energy into hiding it. And, you know, I know certainly, I don't know if New York's that kind of place, but it's it's got that kind of element of... Um, of pressure and go-getters, sort of fast pace of life that I think, you know, London has too. I mean, would I recognize the Susie who was working at Glamour and lifestyling people on television? Were you 
you the same person? And how was it going back to see friends over in the East Coast? Do they recognize you now? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think people are born with their own personality and we live with that and it goes to the end, to be honest. I do believe that. I'm a better version. You might have met me, but I might have not slowed down enough to actually learn about you. I would have been a little bit more either getting it done mode or me, me, me mode. And now I'm a little less me, 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 and a little more yeah. in the being instead of the doing mode. But yet I'm still, I'm still, I'm still the same person I've always been. And my friends are like, this is actually all my friends are now meditating. That's amazing. I was more accepting of toxic people prior. But now that I know that you can actually detoxify yourself and if they choose not to detoxify themselves, I probably will choose not to spend time with them. Whereas before I was in that world of toxicity and and I thought it was funny and I enjoyed it. I find it less enjoyable now. I'm much more I'd much rather be surrounded by people who have positive energy and yeah, yeah. feel good or people who are trying to. You've got a great quote near the, really near the start of your book, something kind of almost written, not written in the yearbook, but yell off of all the people like least likely to found a meditation studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's so, that's so great. I've got a feeling that my friends would say that about me too. Um, you know, the Ryan of you're you're absolutely right. We're kind of pretty much you know born with, or by the time we've gone through our teenage years, we're kind of are us. And there's only there's some iterating, there's some polish that can be applied in various directions. But you're stuck with you in a way. Um, and yet, what a difference meditation and a bit of self care can can make. Yeah. Better version, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a better version and anyone can do this like we know that there's not one person in the world yeah. that cannot meditate if you can breathe you can meditate everyone can do this it's just a matter of finding a teacher or starting off simply with someone who will be like here's how easy it is Step one, you're going to focus. Step two, you'll let it go. Step yep. three, you'll think. And then you start over again. That's it. Do that for one minute. Next day, do it for two. Next day, do it for three. That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. And people get bogged down by, by the image, the image of meditation. One of my other favorite things that I love <laughs> is what David G says. I, I'm, I quote him all the time. Like people would say, you know, I can't help myself. I also, you know, he's my, he's my teacher too. Um, but he goes into the ashrams and he teaches meditation. He goes into the school and he teaches mindfulness and he goes into the cops and he teaches tactical breathing. But yet he's teaching yeah. the exact same thing to all three groups of people. It's the box breath. Breathe in for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. But he labels it differently for the crowd. And if people can understand that it doesn't matter what your crowd is, this practice, I always say, is like 
haute couture, like high fashion. It works perfectly on every single person's body. It's, it has a different effect on every single person. It's very unique and very personal on every person. It's never not worked. The only way to make it not work is to not do it. Yeah, yeah, because of course you, you get so many people sort of, you know, who I think dip, dip the toe in the water and then just go, I can't meditate or it's not for me. Um, mm. And that's one of the struggles, isn't it? How, how do you get that person to just uh, <laughs> sit down a second time? You know, because uh, it, it's, it's not always on the first, you know, kind of absolute first bite. You kind of, you know, get the hang of it. It's not always enjoyable when you get going. So now we kind of have a strategy and we actually start there. We start with, you can't meditate. Mm -hmm. You think too much. How many of you feel that way? Like we open up most of the class. How many of you feel like you can't meditate because you think too much and you keep your hand raised and everybody else will raise their hand. And then you're like, how many of you think that you can't meditate because you just have no time? And everybody's raising their hand. And I'm like, okay, here is a 16-second meditation that I'm going to prove to you can stop stress. I want you to stress and then do the 16-second meditation. And now tell me, were you stressing when we did that? Raise your hand. Nobody's raising their hand. That's like the baby step to get people to want to go a little bit deeper. Oh, my God. 16, I just meditated in 16 seconds. I might have to steal that. <laughs> no, it's, it's yours, Ryan. You were in the teacher training program. That's yours. Yeah, so you start, you start there. And then you're like, okay, now how many of you think that I can make you happy in 60 seconds? Okay, close your eyes. Imagine someone you feel grateful for smiling at you and giving you a huge hug. Okay, tell me that when you open your eyes, not everybody's smiling in the room. Everybody is. Our mind is a powerful thing. It, it really is. Now, I want to ask you if um, if there's anything you want to plug. So we've had a little uh, a sneak preview of the um, upcoming Apple Watch app. Is there anything else? Where can people go if they want to find out more about Unplug? Unplug.com. Yes. And but if you're in London watching or listening to this, go to levitate.com. Um, levitate is, a, is like if we're the good housekeeping stamp of approval, we're stamping Levitate. I believe in you. Thank you very much. And I know, you know why I believe in you? Because we trained you at Unplug. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then one other thing: if you haven't already, get hold of get hold of the Unplug app. It's amazing, and um, I'm just saying this to the listeners: it's um, it's brilliant, and there are so many talented teachers on it, including Susie and including uh, David G, um, who also was the I suppose lead educator for the teacher training that I did. So, oh, and and sign up for that. If, you, if you've got an inkling that you might want to train to be a meditation teacher, the reason I went uh, to unplug rather than an ashram or somewhere up in the Himalayas was that I describe myself as a fidgety skeptic, right? So if I want to hear about science and the research, I don't want to just be told to believe things or have faith in the process. I'd probably have a bit of an easier ride if I did think like that. And so unplug with David G and Susie's guidance does this just beautiful job of not losing the spiritual as you put it Susie the more time you spend meditating the more you realize that 
stealthily a spiritual practice has actually kind of crept in or maybe you just feel more connected but unplug doesn't lose the straight talking every day 16 seconds espresso meditation let's not forget about the science so it's a massive endorsement from me to to do that but only if you're willing to put in the work uh it's it's uh um teaching meditation well as susie put it there's there's nothing to it, but you've got to really, really want to, um, you know, to be that teacher because, uh, yeah, I think people sort of smell a bit of a fraud a mile off and uh, none have come through the Unplugged program and long may that last. <laughs> Susie's quite careful about the way she curates. So I want to say just a, a huge thank you. I think the community of listeners, um, of which there, there, there are none at the moment because, well, hopefully there are. Uh, if you're listening to this, then maybe you're listener number one. So the you're podcast, the one. <laughs> the hadn't launched when I was recording this. Why don't we put it like that? <laughs> Susie, I, I hope we can persuade you to come back on the podcast at some point in the future. If you being on it doesn't get us a lot of listeners, I'm not sure what will. Um, but <laughs> when there are more listeners or there, there's more news from Unplugged, because there's always news from Unplugged to plug, let's get you back on and chat about that. And Susan, I just want to say um, from me and the one listener of this show, um, <laughs> thank you. You inspire me every day. And thank you so much for giving your time. What a treat to get to hang out with you for an hour. I know. I loved it too. I have to say, I'm so happy to see you. I really appreciate being on your podcast. I really think it's going to change the world and just the ripple of every listener. And there will be many. Have a good vibe. So that concludes our interview with Susie Yellow Schwartz. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've now recorded seven interviews, of which this is the second to be published. So you don't miss out. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast and help us out with a five star rating or by sharing this episode with someone you think would like it. Follow us on Instagram at Levitate London, one word, to be notified of the next episodes as they come out and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. Finally, Levitate is expanding to four new partner studio locations in London from the very first week of January, including Covent Garden, which will be our most central location yet. If you're going to be in town, please do check the website for more details. That's www.levitate.london. This show could not exist without you and the inspiring community that supports it. So thank you so much for being part of that. And a special thank you to Susie for this interview and to Nick Nell, my talented musical brother, for the podcast theme tune. That's it from me today. Have a beautiful rest of your week. We'll be sure to publish more episodes soon. And in the meantime, let's continue to work together to lift each other up.